Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and this week I do have a guest for you. This individual has been writing for socialsuplex.com for a couple of months now. This individual made his podcasting debut on NXT Then Now Forever last week. And for his sophomore standout performance, allow me to introduce to you Mr. Murray Bone, good evening to you, Murray. How are you tonight? Good evening, Clive. Clive, good to be here, making my debut for Ricky and Clive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll need a standout performance, so no pressure or anything like that. Are we expecting Dunn versus Volta 2 levels of performance here? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> since this will be aired after it's been on the... the um, the network, we can say that as long as it doesn't have some European Union... Well, I wouldn't mind some intervention from the European Union right now, but that's a, a different podcast for a different day. So first of all, speaking of NXT UK, we have a, a special moment to gather our thoughts and pay special homage and pay a heartwarming happy birthday message to Mr Joseph Coffey. Praise be to him. <laughs> so, Joe, if you're listening, you may not be, but if if you are, you bring us joy. Give us joy on our heart, Joseph Coffey. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have had a pay-per-view this weekend, but before we get there, let's just quickly have a wee plug for the sponsors of the show, powerslam.tv. They, if you put in the social suplex promo code, they can give you... Over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the globe. Uh, put the social suplex promo code in and you will get a free month's worth of content, a trial basis. Uh, please remember to check out prowrestlingtees.net, which I believe has a sale on just now. Uh, holiday weekend. We've got a bank holiday here and it's Memorial Day in America as well, I believe. I believe so as well, yeah. So there's some discounted action going on in the social suplex page of Pro Wrestling Tees. Pick up a Ricky and Clive t-shirt, a One Nation Radio t-shirt, a Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt, which I believe Murray sported when we went to see NXT UK. Yes, I did. Representing the brand. and yep. also Shield a match. <laughs> the uh, social suplex logo itself. 
So that's enough plugging just now because if I keep going, I'll probably muck up somewhere along the way. <laughs> so, Murray, we've had money in the bank. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of it, what were your thoughts overall? Oh, thoughts overall, it was it was an okay show. It wasn't like once again the end bit, which we'll get to, was <clears throat> is where everyone's attention is at. And but yeah, overall there were some good matches, some not so good matches, matches and a bit of two or five live as well. So yes, uh, Tony Neeson, Aria Davari representing two or five on the main cards. That was a surprise. Was there any other match on the pre-show apart from Usos and the Planeteers? <laughs> uh, no, I, I did not watch the pre-show, so I wouldn't. Yeah. And am I right in saying the Usos won, but it wasn't a title match? It was not a title match. It was non-title, so I don't know if they gain a tag title to this, but I doubt it because they're raw. And but the brand split's dead anyway, so. Yep. Just keep telling yourself that because that's what I've been telling myself, and it makes life a little happier. Uh, just the brand split doesn't exist, and the the revelation that. Mrs. Foley's boy gave us later on that we'll talk about just furthers that even more so um, but that we'll save that gem for later so we'll, we'll keep keep positive for now I asked you beforehand to think of a couple of two or three positives that you felt came from Money in the Bank things that you walked away with thinking I really enjoyed that whether it's a specific match or just anything in particular so do you want to give us your first one yeah my first one was mostly Bailey becoming the first of a women Grand Slam champion in a way she's won she's just won the Smackdown women's title she's won the Raw women's title tag titles and NXT title mm-hmm. though if unless you don't count the NXT UK title that is Uh well, I know that's kind of went under the wayside, but I'm happy to accept that she is a, a grand slammer. Yeah, while her partner Sasha is still AWOL. Yep. Uh, the, did you see that video or a poster from... The, it was talking about the network. What was it saying? Don't quit, just stay with us or something? Oh, yeah, and it's a picture of Sasha. Oh, <laughs> that was quite the dig, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I, the Bailey situation was actually one of my positives as well. I'm a wee bit in between with it because I thought overall, see the execution of the individual moments in these matches, they were a wee bit to be desired, but the execution overall, I think like, there was a couple of moments in the matches that just were a bit fell flat or looked like botches, but the overall execution of the, the two women's matches... The placement of them after the Money in the Bank match was a good touch as well. It kind of, it was a foreshadowing that Bailey might cash in, but it still was quite, quite a good surprise because you were caught up in the melee of the, the, the towering blondes, the Hollywood blondes, and <laughs> Becky, Charlotte coming down. Even though we've seen it before with when Seth Rollins had to defend the WWE and the US title at Night of Champions that night, Charlotte coming down right after Lacey was beat by um, Becky was quite cool. I thought Lacey helping Charlotte due to the whole spoiled grapes thing was cool. I thought it was just all very well done. 
and I think Bailey looked like a a million dollars, or for us, she looked like a million pounds once all yeah. was said and done. The the hit the women's money in the bank match it hit a lot of the right notes for me. It was basically it reminded me of the chamber match that they had. I'm a big fan of the women's chamber match from this year, but just it wasn't as on point as that. I would say. Um, it was still organised chaos a wee bit on fast forward all the women had a chance to shine not sure what was going on with Carmela and Mandy Rose did you that was strange no I, th- I thought that was I thought at first I thought she actually got legit injured but then she came out later on so I'm not sure if that spot was meant to be for Alexa who was taking out the match mm-hmm. and they just threw Carmela into that spot because why not but then they did not bring that up at all on Smackdown so yeah I mean I think with that this was brought up during the chamber as well there were rumours circulating that the matches the match outcome who was changed during the match or something see if someone goes out injured then surely the women you've got a lot of moving parts in those matches but they didn't seem to miss a beat. So that says to me that it was as planned, if that makes sense. It didn't look as if, like, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? It seemed to just keep going smoothly along. So um, I think it was just some sort of angle they were shooting, which came to a head a wee bit in SmackDown as well. So it's just the way Carmella was acting. She was slapping at her, saying, get away from me. And I thought, oh, that was strange. Yeah, maybe trying to make it look real. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I thought as well when Mandy Rose was going up that was like a a red herring you thought shit here we go we're going to get the heel that nobody likes win the title Uh, and then fan favourite the wrong one that I predicted but hey ho I think it's overall great for Bailey, and it could be a wee bit of a reboot of her singles career yeah if I had out and of course Nikki Cross got that chance to show herself in the main roster because she's not really been doing much, really, since debuting. What do you think is going on with her? Because she's wrestling as manically as she usually does, but then when she's having these segments with Alexa Bliss, she's all calm and composed. What's split personality? Split personality. Maybe she's just the weird kid from the weird kid that nobody wants to be friends with and Alexa's just using her. Probably. So. I would, I'd like to be friends with her. Probably because she's from Glasgow, but apart from that, there is no um, patriotic bias on this show. <laughs> and there never has been. Yeah, never has been. Yep, as Murray points to his Joe Coffee poster in the background. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Spot of that match was definitely Ember Moon's super duper. Uh, what's that called? Eclipse. Eclipse. That was a a total eclipse of. That was a total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean that one. That just came out of nowhere there. <laughs> uh, that was excellent, though. I think that's probably better than any RKO out of nowhere that Randy's ever done. No, no, no. There's all. I have to wait and see if she pulls off any more of these super eclipse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm a wee bit disappointed personally. I wanted Ember to win, but I've got no qualms at all with Bailey being on top. Uh, I thought it was all well done. 
with the just to cash in that whole segment that was a good 20 25 minutes that the the ladies got and it was just excellently done i thought what did you think of lacey evans performance uh, it was hard to tell really i'm trying to remember now because i haven't trying to just pick what i remember and she was okay she was like she wasn't bad or anything but she wasn't like anything spectacular mm-hmm. yeah I think she acquitted herself well and I, there's nothing to be ashamed of from her performance I think it was all on point she had quite a cool wee spot where she did a gator roll uh, she gator rolled to the corner of the post corner of the ring and sort of wrapped Becky around the post I thought that was smoothly executed so I liked that, it was a small moment in the match but it was still quite cool yeah though Tyre was a bit confusing at first. I don't know what that giant sombrero hat was. Uh, I'm no fashionista. You'll need to ask Ricky about that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, uh, any other positives that you've got from the the um, Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Um, yeah, so you said the AJ Styles-Seth Rollins match. It was... I wouldn't say it was slightly more disappointing. It wasn't as good as everyone expected, but it wasn't, like, disappointing. Disappointing. Mm -hmm. It didn't live up to your hype? Yeah, like, when I think AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, I'm thinking potential, potential of five stars, though. I don't really care for Meltzer, so... Mm -hmm. But it was... I know what you mean. You're you're still wanting a classic match from it. Yeah, it was still a good match, though, without a doubt. Just not upper match of the year. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I did feel like how you feel. When I I was watching Money in the Bank and I watched that match, I thought, ah, that was all right. It just felt like another Seth Rollins match, and he had... I have a tendency to go cold on him. His gimmick seems a wee bit thin, it get, it wears a bit thin at times, the whole Monday Night Rollins workhorse thing and I do get, I do appreciate Rollins but sometimes, I mean see the suicide dives and stuff, I can't go them anymore I've decided I am I, I'm going to actually start a petition online and get some Game of Thrones fans to sign it with me to basically get rid of the suicide dive because it's just a completely inconsequential move yeah, it's like suicide. They, it just everyone does it now. Yeah, it's it's the super kick of 2019. Uh-huh. Though I'd say that's more the V trigger. <laughs> the see the Akira Dozawa's suicide dive's good because that's just a full blown headbutt. Yeah. The the stamina monster, as his nickname has come to be. That's just because he's a creep. I'm pretty sure that is the only reason. <laughs> they couldn't think of anything because they've already had the Japanese buzzsaw, the Japanese legend, and they think uh, the Japanese uh, the Japanese person. So they just ran out of name nicknames for Japanese people. I think. Yeah. Anyway, where the hell were we? Oh, I right. <laughs> Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. 
I watched it back because I felt like you. I thought this wasn't the, the dream match that I had maybe not hyped up for myself, but just thought that it would be the case. It just felt as if there was something missing. It was just a bit deliberate and quite telegraphed. But see, watching it back, I've turned my opinion on it considerably. And I would say, although it's not that match of the year calibre, I would say it's AJ, Ro- AJ Styles' match of the year so far. It's Seth Rollins' match of the year so far as well. When you think about it, looking back, uh, the sequencing was very good. Seth, one thing that irks me about Seth Rollins is you kind of know what he's going to do next, but he didn't get that feeling this time. I'm not sure if that's because he was just working with AJ, but the sequencing was very good. You didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, just very well put together and I think if you were to revisit it I'm not sure did you get a chance to rewatch it at all uh, no I only got you know, to rewatch like halfway through the pay-per-view and then mm-hmm. had other businesses to intend to like having my dinner and all that <laughs> dinner is more important than wrestling to yeah. be fair so yeah. if you ever get the chance if you're feeling bored and you've had your dinner then I urge you to watch that match back very good. Yeah. Like I do remember that sequence where Rollins goes for the curb stomp and then AJ counters into the stars class was probably my, one of my spots of the night. Yep. Do you remember a couple of Money in the Banks ago? Three Money in the Banks ago actually where it was Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns went for a spear and Seth Rollins countered with a pedigree. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I vaguely do remember that spot. Spot, yeah. So I, that was one of those moments where I thought, oh, wow, that, that came out of nowhere. So I liked that. I liked the inverted superplex spot, the sort of avalanche superplex falcon arrow thing. The falcon arrow, the, the follow-up suplex was just a lift your head off the ground and then put you back down. But apart from that, and apart from the suicide dives, very well put together match and I do hope that we have another um, meeting between the pair at some point after um, the Sandy pay-per-view Yeah, I'm curious to see where Rollins goes from here because like um, if they because I really just hope they I have the awful feeling they're just going to pair him with Corbin and that's just going to suck the life out of you yeah I'll, I'll touch on Corbin later. Well, I won't, because I might get arrested. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't remember if I've actually got notes about Corbin. No, I don't. But um, again, he shines in multi-man matches, and he did it again. It's just a shame that when it comes to singles matches, it kind of... You're thinking, okay, next. Uh, yeah. he, he's good in multi-mans, I'll give him that, so... I think he'd be quite good as a, I don't know, a trios champion. Maybe. Uh, maybe you know, if, if Vince doesn't care for tag matches, I don't think he'll care at all for trios at all. Well, I I posit to you the possibility of Baron Corbin, who shines in multi-man matches, to go to New Japan and be a regular in the never open weight six-man tag division. Does that not sound like a dream come true? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Give me anyone else but Corbin. A- well, not any, almost anyone. <laughs> ABC, anyone but Corbin. 
almost anyone but Corbin, really. <laughs> give me, give me Drew McIntyre. I'll take, we'll, I'll, we'll take him to New Japan. Drew McIntyre can do what he wants, and I'll be happy with it. Yeah, still uh, not happy that he didn't win Money in the Bank. Should have won it. Yes, uh, I wanted him to win. Just, I thought. We'll touch on that later, but I thought it would have been good to see Big Drew Mac with the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. Claymore and, like, throwing the briefcase at people and Claymore in them and stuff like that, that would have been excellent. Running, like, uh, <clears throat> trying to think, like, it's sort of like Chainman's Coast to Coast where they put a bin in front, but instead it's a Claymore with his <laughs> Money in the Bank case in front of it. It could make the, it could make the Money in the briefcase tartan as well. Yeah, that's. Oh, God, they should have done it. Why? Money in the Bank of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, so uh, that's two that's two tangents already so far. So we move on to one of the other positives that I feel has been the case. I've got a really good feeling about how Kofi Kingston's title reign has gone so far and looks to be going as well and look at the successful defences he's racked up matches where he's looked very strong Daniel Bryan was it AJ Styles that was in the triple threat? It was AJ Styles and I believe it was Sami Zayn yeah, Sami Zayn uh, Kevin Owens as well these are all guys although Sami Zayn hasn't held super duper gold these are all guys that are not to be reckoned with and let's not forget Kofi's his recent promo alongside Seth. Granted, they both wanted to face Brock, but uh, Kofi was taking it further. He tweeted out that he wants he's ready. To me, it's a strong champion, a defending champion. He's he's fighting the good fight. He's uh, it's great to see. There was a a word a word that I read I learned today. He's I don't know if this word is still in circulation, but he's, he's malice idol, which basically means he wants to. Kill, kill all evil. Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Kill the evil of Corbin. I'm fine with it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on what overall? What are your thoughts on Kofi's title reign? And I'll further that with: What do you think about Dolph Ziggler entering the team? Well, Ziggler and Kofi—they're two, they're two guys that have they've feuded for a long time, like beforehand, like they've. I've found I saw a post by someone saying that they 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 are a Grand Slam feud. They they're going to feud for the world title. They're feuded for the US IC and tag team when Kofi was with Truth and Ziggler mm. was with Jack Swagger. I can't even remember those two pairings at all. <laughs> yeah, like the only thing you remember about Truth and Kofi being tag champs was they lost it to Kane and Daniel Bryan. Right. When they were a team. Uh, it's, it's, I still think it, it feels fresh though No it does because they've not had a match since like ages years I think uh -huh. I just I think it's um, I, you gave me a stat earlier was it they fought 27 times uh, 26 times Yeah 26 singles matches in TV and pay-per-views That's crazy <laughs> Um, yeah, first one was in 2009, so 10 years ago. Aye. I mean, I get Dan Dolph Ziggler seems to have changed his character a wee bit from the, the snivelling arse that he was last year versus Seth, 
and he's, he's taken on this um, feel sorry for me so, uh, I didn't catch all of the promo last night in Smackdown but I saw good, um, glimpses of it where he's got tears in the eyes he's acting all manic and he's saying that should have been me that had he's basically had an 11 year journey although he has won a world title before but they have had similar paths and it's just with this you had Daniel Bryan he was the current monster to take on any Kofi beaten you had Kevin Owens who infiltrated the New Day and that was a personal uh, insult to Kofi and now you've got Kofi um, Dolph Ziggler who's come in and saying this should have been mine they've all been quite personal feuds and it's just it's going really well. I think he's been. I don't. I hate to use this, but I think he's been booked very strongly. I don't think he'll lose to da- Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I don't know if this will be continued after. Uh, what do you call it? Super Showdown. But good stuff so far. I'm quite enjoying it. I have to say. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Enjoying it. Surprised it was Ziggler. To be honest, like he was. I thought he was gone really I thought that was him they had nothing more for him but they somehow have found something for him to do mm-hmm. it's a strange one it's one of those ones you've got the current roster who are some of them are languishing some of them are stuck where they are but this one doesn't bother me as much because the story that they're telling with it is quite interesting so I'm all for it and hopefully hopefully, I've not got much intention of watching Super Showdown not exactly out of protest just that they have birthed some horrendous stories for me personally um, and I've not really got much interest in it as well in general yeah I'm probably the same I've I've still never watched which which Saudi show was it it wasn't Grace Royal Rumble it was the second one Crown Jewel which had the best Crown Jewel. that had the best pay-per-view music jingle I've ever heard fantastic <laughs> never actually heard it but still yeah don't intend to watch it though the fact they've put Balor versus Andrade in that card it makes me want to watch just that match mm-hmm. I might catch it I mean on the it's weird that these these um, Saudi Arabia pay-per-views suit me perfectly for the time zone but I'm usually busy <laughs> basically I mean NXT UK suits me perfectly because it's on at 8 o'clock pretty standard time but I'm usually recording a podcast at that time so I have to watch it after the fact as well yeah and uh, AEW is on ITV I've not got normal television I've just got subscription stuff so I wouldn't be able to see that at all if I wanted to so they're just not catering to my needs and it's not acceptable yeah so what other more positive each Oh, well, I think I've covered mine, actually. Yeah, yeah, you've covered your third one, and I, that's covered my one, because my third one was Kofi, Kevin. Okay, there we go. So we've we've got all the positives out of the way. Were there any other minor incidents that you enjoyed through the show? What Can you tell me why Kevin Owens took Kofi's shoes off? <laughs> Maybe he, he ate Zach Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> See, did Kofi's socks say KO on them? Did I just imagine that? I haven't actually looked really, so I wouldn't be able to tell. 
I don't know. I'd, maybe I'm just imagining things. Or maybe it was the Tap Out logo, in fact. That's what it could have been. Right, so we've enjoyed it so far, but we have also got some... We have three each. Um, negative thing to the show. So, hit me. What have you got? I suppose we'll get this out of the way. Brock Lesnar winning money in the bank. Yay. Yay. Uh, Jesus Christ. I just... We just got rid of him from being champion. And now we've got him as money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And Law knows what Ali was doing. He must have frozen in fear of Brock Lesnar. Oh, dear. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, but just... Like, I'm not saying... I don't hate Brock. I think when he's motivated, he is good. Mm-hmm. But I just do not want him near the title. That's my one thing. Yep. Uh, I've had my rants about this on here before, many times. I'm not angry. I'm not happy, but I'm not going to waste my energy getting upset about it. I've, I'm, I've disassociated myself emotionally from the product, I'm just going to watch it and not get up in arms about it because from the people who are emotionally disturbed by it on Twitter, I think, God, man, get do something better with your time instead of crying about it on Twitter. It's it's become uh, Twitter has become an anti-social media app, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely has. Like, there's some parts that are good, but like, it's far and few between. I was smashing that mute button like a monster this week, I have to say. <laughs> uh, so, right, I'll try not to go on too much about it. Right, but my opinion, at least, is right, I feel as if I'm about to get angry. I'm not going to. I feel as if this is exclusive to the men's main event scene. The reason that Brock... One of the reasons that Brock gets the love he gets from the, some circles is that he's a star. Okay, he's a big name out with WWE. Well, he was a big name outside of WWE about, what, seven, eight years ago? Does that still count? Do, do UFC people still follow him now? I don't know. Really. Like, yeah, he was a mixed martial artist, played, fought for the UFC. Uh-huh. And what what what... And he was in the NFL for a wee while, but really, I mean, his biggest appeal is WWE. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that holds weight. I'm not a UFC fan. Are you at all? Uh, I'm. I watch it here or there. I only really watch the big shows. Mm-hmm. Shows, and whenever there's a Scotsman on the card, and even that, that's far and few between. So I'm just not a big. I'm not that big UFC fan. Only there for like if there's any first round knockouts, and that's about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it doesn't really float my boat. I like the fake stuff more. <laughs> but again, the feeling by some, myself included, is that there are no current stars on that Brock Lesnar level, or there aren't enough stars on that Brock Lesnar level. I think we're starting to see the tides turn a wee bit with the likes of Becky Lynch and Charlotte and whatnot. But if you're not going to create new stars because you're regularly regularly falling back, reverting to past trope, um, past stars, see the money in the bank. That see, remember that whole thing with um, the Vince McMahon Stone Cold podcast where he said you need to grab the brass ring. 
that that money in the bank it's like the most symbolic in your face symbolic representation of wrestlers grabbing that brass ring uh, Mustafa Ali Drew McIntyre Andrade Almas Bala as I said earlier Corbin had a good showing but no we don't we have to just go back to the past like if you're wanting new stars build them up don't keep relying on old stars because if that's the case then the current generation who do like Brock they will lose interest do you know what I mean? They're not going to lose interest if you've got these also runs all the time. I said last week about the women, um, out, I need to say this properly, out with the old and in with the new. But I think what we have here is it's out with the new and in with the old. Cha- Kofi's champion right now, which is really refreshing, but is his reign safe anymore? Uh, here I go, I'm working myself into a shoot. And regular listeners will know my stance, so I'm not going down that road. So... Murray, your thoughts? Yeah, I really hope they don't. I have the awful feeling Lesnar's going to cash in on Kofi with the Fox deal that's happening for SmackDown. I just, I really hope that doesn't happen, but I just say, see it. And in a way, I understand why if there was no, since both champions are faces, you kind of think a heel should win Money in the Bank. And you had three. Now, Corbin, a lot of people don't like him. Drew, everyone seems to hate him. Everyone doesn't seem to like him, except everyone in Scotland. And and there's Randy Orton, who was there. Well, Randy Orton did have a a nice wee part where he was just launching people onto the commentary table. Yeah. And then that was it. I mean... I quite, I've started following Randy on Twitter and he's actually quite funny and I think that's his character, that's him that we're seeing on TV I know he's one of the older guys but I can kind of deal with him just being an asshole who doesn't care and says what he wants and does what he wants so, but you're right I, if it's going to be a heel be a current heel so you can build them up because this current stock of heels, which I was talking about last week they're using a model of not exactly chicken shit heels, but boring heels who suck the life out of the crowd. And with the pros and cons list that I made up, it's not it's not worth it. So if you're wanting a, a super heel, give it to pardon me, give the briefcase to a, a current heel. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. So having said that, the match itself was outstanding. Oh yeah, well, further the match. Minus the end, this match was brilliant. Ricochet looked great in this match. The I'm not good at telling moves. The powerbomb Almas gave to Bal on that ladder oh, looked. I re- I rebound that about five or six times. I just could not believe my eyes that they did this in 2019. I can't. Su- how the hell did Bala's back not just turn to dust? Like, <laughs> his... Uh, like he... his back should have been thanos basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can do Avengers Endgame spoilers, but yeah, you should have watched the movie by now, surely. Yeah, I think I might have given a wee spoiler away, but... Uh, well, that was, that was even the... The Thanosing people was from the first film, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Oh well. Instead it was instead it was Thanos who got Thanosed. Yeah. Oh you're oh you're uh, giving spoilers away. Well, it's how long has the movie been out for? About um, nearly a month. Exactly. If you haven't watched it, you're an idiot. Which is funny because I've not watched it, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you just call yourself an idiot there? Pretty much, yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, so I'll just move on. Right. Uh, one of my negatives from the show, I f- the finishes for a few of the matches were pretty shit. Uh, Samoa Joe once again was victim to the shoulders up brigade the referee looked to have made a meal of it for the roll up through and the the roll through in the Becky Lacey Evans match I don't know what the hell was going on there I don't know if that was to if what happened in the Joe match was to explain what the referee was doing in the Becky Lynch match to make sure the shoulders were down but do you know what I mean by that? Yeah because I'm I'm pretty sure that bet I'm pretty sure Becky's shoulders were down. Yep, they, she, her, her shoulders were on the, the floor underneath. That's how far down they were. Yeah, and then there was also the Shane Miz match where the ref was giving a rope break in a steel cage match, which oh, there's no okay. rope break. I will admit I didn't watch that match, so this is news to me. <laughs> yeah, like the like he had previously done a done a thing where they they had the foot on the rope, but he still counted. And then next moment, no, he's Though maybe there is a reason because it was Shane that was being pinned, so maybe Shane had paid the ref off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's a big man. Is it uh, is it Brad Shepard that keeps announcing him? No, uh, it's G- Greg Hamilton. Where am I getting Brad Shepard from? Oh, that's uh... oh, he's some sort of dirt sheet guy, is he not? No, I wouldn't know. I, I don't listen to the dirt sheets. <laughs> I'm getting confused with Andy Shepard. Uh. The good old Andy Shepard. <laughs> uh, I just see as well, and I'm going to say it again, the, the blind love for Becky Lynch bothers me sometimes because she ate that mat before Charlotte was anywhere near her for that big boot, uh, and it just took me right out of it. I thought, see, because, okay, the big boot isn't Charlotte's ultimate finisher. Um, so it was a surprise, a surprise successful pin. But Becky was down early doors, and it's, it's, people think the sun shines out her ass when she's just as um, fallible as others, in my opinion. I don't know why that was the finish as well, because you had Lacey come out and hit her with the woman's right. Mm-hmm. Then Becky ended up rolling her up. Rolling Charlotte up, kick out, and then a big burn. I thought, well, I understand not use. You don't want to tap Becky out, so you don't use the figure eight. But why not just use the natural selection? Uh huh. Or a spear. A spear. The fact that she tried the roll up, she tried a T bone suplex herself. Why? You you just you've just been women's rated. Uh, It was a, a messy finish. Not my cup of tea. And as you touched on earlier. Mustafa Ali, he had his hands on the bloody briefcase only to be made to look like a deer caught in the headlights. It's that typical idiotic babyface looking stupid as all hell. He could have really unlatched that bad boy. I know, I know some wrestlers have had trouble unlatching it in the past, but come on. 
okay, Mustafa Ali was the one to be uh, rendered obsolete at the hands of Brock Lesnar, but the well, him and the cameraman is that got hit with the ladder. Aye, the it's just it made it made Ali look stupid, in my opinion, and that bothers me because I'm a big Ali fan, if, as you're aware. With yeah, um, did you see the the nonsense that? Brian Alvarez tweeted out like seconds or minutes after the end of the pay-per-view. No, I did not. So, he said that Brock Lesnar threw a ladder at Mustafa Ali and he was busted open so bad that the cameras had to stay away from Ali. Now, can you remember what happened at the end of that match to Ali? He was shoved off the ladder. Did he, was he he hit by a ladder? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the timestamp was minutes. So apparently, we're led to believe that someone backstage was ready to send straight away the the text to Brian Alvarez to say this. That didn't happen. What he's saying, and there was blood earlier on in the night as well. You had Lars Sullivan busted open. You had Joe burst his nose. Joe burst his nose. Uh, I'm sure there was another one. I cannot recall if there was another one. Uh, it's just this is this is what annoys me about the dirt sheets. See some of the stuff they say; it might be true, but see when they say stuff like that, it drives a narrative that doesn't exist, and it grows arms and legs, and people have made up their mind about something that didn't even happen. It's kind of like that Mandela effect where people. Th- People have got an opinion on Brock Lesnar saying he's an unsafe worker when that specifically did not happen. And I'm thinking, why can't... Uh, I just... The dirt sheets. Dirty buggers. Yeah, I mean, I've never listened to the dirt sheets, I did. See, I try, I try to avoid them, but then you get people retweeting it. And I think, oh, I don't want to see this. And you've muted things, and you've you, you unfollow people, but it still pops up in the timeline. See, this is it's anti-social media, Twitter. That's what it is. Yeah. See, while we're talk, talking about the, no, it's your turn. Your turn first. On you go. What's your next right. thing? I'm trying to think now. We've sort of mentioned Mysterio Joe you know Joe and that debacles so we've had Brock Lesnar we've had the refs being Shit. tools and I guess I'll just leave the random segment with the Lutcher House party that was just dead fill time unnecessary pretty much Pretty much, and of course, you had the whole situation where Lars Sullivan has been sent to sensitivity training, and there he is being booked to be that Mexicans. <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together with that one. Yeah. Uh, yes, that was maybe a wee bit tone deaf. Yeah, and then. I think that's really it. That's all I can remember. Shane Miz happened. Nice Davari, it was... Serviceable. Serviceable, but I 
just not a fan of Davari at all. It was... um, (laughs) What I do like is that Tony Nice seems to be overcoming the odds quite well in his defences and even in his non-title matches. He's looking strong. Um, He's... He's, even when he's coming back uh, what's the word I'm looking for when he's doing the fight back it's, it's a completely changed man from the days where he just lost his temper or was showing off his abs and would lose all the time so I'm happy with how Tony Nice has been booked might not have been the best match at all but he's been booked well I think yeah, and Dubai's entrance was interesting. Can remember Mercedes should have been a Ferrari, then we could have had the Aria Ferrari joke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it was it was like a cheap knockoff of Latino Heat and JBL's limo. And Alberto Del Rio. Yep. <laughs> so I think it was all right. It wasn't great. The, the other negative one I had. I'm not really sure that I care about the Samoa Joe feud at all, to be honest with you. It just seems like every time Joe loses, it's a surprise victory. He's just Joe just won the title in quick fashion at WrestleMania. Joe, like, and that's what happened. He lost it in quick fashion at Money in the Bank. Joe was last year involved in questionable finishes in terms of legality of the match. And then Joe looks strong after the finish, finish, which isn't really a... It's not really a, a story device that I like that much. If you're going to make someone look strong, do it in the match. Uh, Joe is, make, is good at making feuds personal, but at this point, his credibility over the course of his main roster career is not that great, really. No, I guess you could say he's, he's 40 now, which is... He's, if he had arrived... Ten years earlier, I reckon he would have been a much bigger deal. Uh-huh. Bigger deal, and I just remember the only other match we haven't talked about is well, if you can even call it a match, was Roman Reigns versus Elias. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns comes back from a chat from a guitar shot, and just pretty much no sold it. Pretty much like. Comes back, hits him with superpowers, run in the ring, spear, end. Did I've got breaking news about what happened after the guitar shot backstage? Um, Seth Rollins went up and said, "Roman, are you okay?" And he said, "Yeah, I've got a, a sore back." And he said, "Don't fret." It. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ah oh, Jesus! <laughs> I try, I try my hardest. As I'm usually one to support your jokes, and then Jesus you're not, Christ. you're not amused tonight. Oh no, me! Now, now I understand how Ricky feels listening to it live. Ricky is Ricky just does that to put himself over because what nobody knows is that I have to pause it because he bursts out laughing. Every single time, he's, there's been times where he's fallen off his chair, there's been times where he's sprayed his juice and his drink all over the computer screen. Um, there's been times where he's called his family in so he can tell them the joke. So, and then I press play again for him to say, oh, that wasn't funny. So don't listen to Rick and he's talking, right? <laughs> well, I've never seen live what happens behind the camera, so 
I'll take your word for it. It's true. It's damn true. <laughs> Uh, see, there was a thing actually I wanted to mention. See this wild card thing, the wild card rule. I don't think it's as random as it would seem on paper. A lot of people think that the writers don't have a clue what's going on, but if you pay attention, uh, if you look at who benefited the most from the wild card rule over the last couple of weeks, who appeared on TV the most, they were all involved in Money in the Bank in some form or fashion. So I think it was there. It was. I think it was done to help speed up the feuds and time for a pay per view. If this is a model for going forward, I'm not against it. As as we've said, brand split doesn't exist. I'm fine with it. But if it's going to be used to help speed up feuds for pay per views, fine by me. I'm not sure if it will be as noticeable going forward. But did, what do you think? What is your general opinion on the wild card? The wild card, it's it pretty much kills the brand split. That's obvious. Uh-huh. It kills the brand split, and it just we're following, and to do it just so soon after the superstar shakeup makes the shakeup pointless as well. Yeah, I know. I don't think. I mean, you've got all the rumours that Fox want it to end and stuff like that. So, at the end of the day, is there anyone who'd really? there may be some but most people watch Raw and Smackdown anyway mm-hmm. I mean I don't see when put it this way you've got Drew Gulak in 205 Live and uh, he turned up to take on Matt Riddle on NXT uh, are you up to date with NXT TV of course you are because you were on NXT then now forever um, yeah. Drew Gulak appeared on talking to Kushida or scouting Kushida I didn't hear anyone saying oh but he's on 205 Live he's not allowed to be on there yeah well I guess that's the thing with 205 Live is well apart from a not a lot of people really care about it about it it's sort of NXT and 205 sort of been intertwined for a decent while mm-hmm. we've got we've had Humberto Carrillo only Lorcan uh-huh Gulak and at this point you may as well just put the two together yeah the, and I think that was helped with the see when they have the access tapings uh, when the big four weekends are roll around the corner when they've got access or worlds collide you're able to swap and change them and stuff like that so but it, it doesn't offend me when they're moved over so I just don't get why there's such an upheaval over a wrestler who you're not expecting to see turning up and causing a wee bit of havoc a wee bit of Jimmy Havoc I guess it's fans having a moan for having a moan like I guess it's fans having a moan that they killed the brand split but there's been people moaning about the brand split so like uh, Daniel Bryan said it best didn't he yeah yeah well maybe people are just hating it because Vince thought of it <laughs> see uh, I probably they, I have a it's not breaking news it's not a joke don't worry um, I'm not feeling it with 205 Live just now people oh. think I'm a 205 Live Defender squad member I can be because it can be really good but see since I, I kind of miss Cedric I miss Buddy Murphy 
It's, it's certainly not been the same since Ali left. Drew, Drew Gulak's not used as much as I would like. It's just, ah, I'm losing. I'm. I mean, I write the columns for it, and I'm sitting there watching it, thinking, I don't care. Yeah, like just at this point, really, like you've there's like what ten, eleven guys on the on the two or five roster. Yeah, the Singh brothers have moved over, so that's twelve, thirteen. But still, like just, what are they, what are they gonna do? They unless they're not gonna make a cruiserweight tag division, then just not. No one would care. No, I would, see, I would care about the matches then, but they keep having these tag matches. That have no, they have blow off feuds, like rubber matches, as it were. That usually is no DQ or something. But then that's it, and then they wrestle each other a couple of months later, and it's just, <sighs> at, at this rate, you either put the cruiserweights on Raw or and SmackDown and just end two or five there, then scrap the cruiserweight division, or you put them on NXT and have the cruiserweight belt be the essentially the third belt in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if 205 Live was scrapped tomorrow. I would not lose an ounce of sleep. In fact, I would actually gain sleep because I usually have to get up early to <laughs> watch it to redo, write the column thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a, a shocker, a shock announcement for you. 205 Live better get its finger out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, I've got. We'll move on. Anything else about Raw SmackDown before we touch on the the last segment? Uh, Raw SmackDown. Not much I can really think of. Bray Wyatt had his usual segment where it's just creepy and yeah. Is is uh, JoJo? Is it JoJo? JoJo. She had their child at the weekend, so I didn't expect to see him at Money in the Bank or anything, so yeah, uh, it's probably going to be a while. Uh, I've got some cold, hard stats for you right now. These are the most important stats you'll hear, and these will be stats that will be updated in a new segment every week. Did you know that Titus O'Neil has held the 24-7 title for the shortest amount of time at 24 seconds. Damn. Did you know that Robert Roode, at 42 years old, is the youngest winner of the 24-7 title? That young upstart, Robert Roode. So, what are your overall thoughts of the introduction of the 24-7 title? Contrary to some people who there's there's two sides. There's people who absolutely love it, and there's the people who cannot stand it. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere. I'm leaning more towards loving it because even though I didn't grow up watching the Attitude Era and the Hardcore title, mm-hmm. I've watched it on the network and I've enjoyed enjoyed it. And I think, in my view, it helps these lower mid card guys get TV time. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and you say, well, the time's going to be treated like a joke, and I'm like, well, it is, that's what it's meant to be. Well, we don't know if it was intentionally um, made to look ugly, 
I'm not a fan of the green. No, like, see, see the thing is, they've made the the women's tag team titles recently, and they are gorgeous. Do you agree? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So they clearly know how to make a, a beautiful title. Even the hemp belt was quite cool. So I think the fact that they've made this look shabby, I think it is intentional. Uh, as you said, it's a great use of underutilised talent. Comedy segments where they've, see, see also see if it means we're not getting Mojo Rawley looking into a mirror anymore, then yes, please. Uh, in fact, see if Mojo Rawley ever wins a 24-7 title, I'm cancelling the network. <laughs> Oh, you know now they're going to do it now. They're going to do it on board, SmackDown, and now be it. But see, I think it's just, it's a really good use of talent. Okay, it's a bit of comedy, but people are taking it, they're taking wrestling <clears throat> too seriously just now. A wee bit of light relief, I think, is required. The, <clears throat> see as well, the social media, the social media aspect of it is fantastic. <laughs> You've got Kathy Kelly um, videoing herself looking for a quote-unquote interview from R-Truth, but she happens to have a, a referee with her. That was quite suspect. Yeah, and then, of course, Drake Maverick's Twitter, which has just been mm-hmm. brilliant. Did you see Matt Hardy's video? Yes, I have, where he seems to have sort of became sort of broken again. See, he's doing the delete gimmick, he's doing the Matitude version 1 gimmick, he's all over the place, so he's just lost the plot, but it's just, I think it it drives traffic to social media. Um, They've got all the retweets, all the the likes and posts and stuff. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, my thoughts are they'll probably do something similar to when the hardcore title would change multiple times on live events. It will definitely liven up that. Uh-huh. I think one of the, the downfalls of it is, see, the Foley said it would be 205 NXT and NXT UK, but both the NXTs run on tapings. So how are they going to work that into it? So that tells me that there will there won't be many NXT wrestlers as the twenty four seven champion. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess with that you could just film backstage segments whenever, uh-huh. whenever they, whenever, but not that because, and that's for two or five live. Well, that's taped. That's on after SmackDown, so that's more simpler to do, but. Uh-huh. The way they treat 205 Live, I can't imagine they'll get much love for it either. I think this is just a main roster thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but I'm all for it. I know that Ricky Ricky's favourite ever championship was the hardcore title because of the 24-7 rules. So um, when he comes back on, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about it. So good times ahead. I'm looking. It's probably the most, the thing I'm excited about the most in the main roster right now. Yeah, like it's the one. For, it's just that un- level of unpredictability. You don't know what could happen. Mm-hmm. You could get a notification on the network saying Heath Slate has attacked Archer at 
Seven Eleven or something like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's not. It's a rehash of the hardcore title, but it's a new group of wrestlers. Social media. I mean, social media has advanced. You've got the videos online. I think that's going to help it considerably. They could even. They could even air like a wee twenty-minute episode of all the goings-on on the network to ha- um, clump together all the Twitter videos, Instagram videos, and stuff, and show the lineage, the beautiful, beautiful lineage of that gorgeous um, plastic toy belt. <laughs> yeah, and let's just say if either of us come near the twenty-four-seven champion, we're gonna. Obviously, try and win that belt. <laughs> well, the social suplex crew have already um, started a twenty-four-seven rule, and last, I'm, I'm, I believe, you're the champion just now. I am the current champion for about a couple of hours, which is incredible. <laughs> Surprised it's lasted that long. So, without any context, if you see someone running about with a BT gun T-shirt and a gas mask on, <laughs> uh, he has the, 20, the social suplex twenty-four-seven title. So, pin him, give him a, a small package straight from Grapevine, Texas, Pulse Mackage style. Um, power bomb him into some jaggy nipples. <laughs> throw some, throw some Michikus down his back, stuff like that. I don't know if anyone has a clue what we're talking about right now. Well, considering I'm going to be at college tomorrow, you'll probably find me near Buchanan Street. <laughs> There's... There, There's where you all go. There we go, Scottish listeners. He'll be in Buchanan Street tomorrow. Look for the gas mask. Uh, and he won't be the gas mask statue that's at Central Station. <laughs> that was could just, just Could just stand as, my, as its little brother, like. I bet there's already a, a statue busker on Buchanan. Oh, nobody oh, cares yeah. about this. Nobody cares about this. <laughs> no, okay. Well, the Scottish fans will care, but that's about it. Ricky will pop, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that brings us to the conclusion of the Money in the Bank Raw Smackdown review. Mr. Bone, would you like to be quizzed? Would you like to have your trivia tested? Sure, let's go for it. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, so with the birth of the 24-7 title, this quiz this week will be a look at the less conventional titles that have been in WWE over the years, basically ones that aren't. The World, Tag, Midcard, all those ones. So, it's getting dark in this kitchen, so I'm just going to turn the light switch on a wee second. Talk amongst yourselves, listeners. I'm back. There we go. That was quick, wasn't it? I've got long arms. Long arms like uh, Mr. Tickle. Megan B is still probably one of the... I don't know if that's American or not, but still. <laughs> Mr. Men, I'm not sure. <clears throat> Number one, Murray. Who held the WWECW? Right? So who held the, the later ECW championship the longest at 205 days? <sighs> Jesus Christ, that. 
that that was during the time where I was watching, so I should know this. Let's see now. I'm just going to go with a guess in and say Big Show. The answer was Christian. Uh, Christian lost it to Ezekiel Jackson uh, Jackson on TV and that was the last ever oh, episode yeah, that was the last ever episode of ECW so he was the shortest reigning champion and yeah. it's, it's quite hopefully, well not hopefully it's quite prophetic that the reign on a struggling sort of sister brand to the main roster had a championship whose reign was 205 days <laughs> that's quite telling isn't it yeah, Ezekiel Jackson, that hardcore legend. I can't even picture his face. I'll not lie. Number two. I don't know if that's racist or not, but okay. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shock developments. Right, number two. Which tag team has held the women's tag titles the longest? Is it Sasha and Bailey, or is it the Iconics? Sasha and Bailey. Correct, by only four days so far. So, if I was to ask you this question on Monday, would have been the Iconics. Number three, now I need to check I've worded this correctly. Rob Van Dam retired the hardcore title in a belt unification match with Jeff Hardy. What was Jeff Hardy the champion of? He was the hardcore champion. Was he? Hold on a minute. No, right. No, when? No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm, I, RVD, I'm, having, I'm having second thoughts because I remember that he, Van Damme also unified the European Championship. So RVD was the hardcore champ and he entered a unification match. No, was he not the IC champ and then unified it with the hardcore belt? Oh, shit. I couldn't tell you right this second. Well, what's your other answer? Because I think, I know the two guys that lost the belts to unify it. It was it's either Jeff Hardy or Tommy Dreamer. Right. So, Jeff, right, what was the, I'll rephrase the question. What was the other championship on the line in the Jeff Hardy RVD match? Well, since we know it was a hardcore title, it was the IC title. Correct. I knew my word, I knew my structure of this question was all over the place. Uh, number four, what specific title is that hardcore championship a smashed up version of? It was meant to be a smashed up version of one of the old WWF championships from like the late eighties. Can you? I'll give you the point, but would you like a bonus point for more specificity? It was the one that Mr. Perfect smashed up, if I recall. I'll give you the bonus point. I didn't have that, but it was the Winged Eagle. Because uh, I think a lot of that old titles were pretty much just Winged Eagles. It was like That's true, just, yeah, probably. And there's, there's been a couple of different hardcore belts as well, actually, from looking at Google Images. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer had his own one. JBL had his own one. Mm. Number five. What takeover did they change the titles? 
Oh, like the design. Yes, I saw the, the the belt designs. Not long after the page videos. Oh God, this page here. Yeah, God, when was this? See if you don't know the name of the specific takeover. I'll give you a point if you tell me what weekend it was. Um, I'm pretty. I'm assuming it was probably one of the mania ones, or was it? Um, did it right? So I'm gonna guess New Orleans. The answer was Orlando. Orlando. Hard lines. Number six. Which current main roster wrestler? has held TNA's King of the Mountain Championship the most. Right. My TNA knowledge is terrible. Well, terrible, but... I'm trying to remember who the heck... I'm trying to remember what title that was, because they changed... They had a secondary title that was, like, changed it multiple yeah, times I think it was the Legends title the TV title the actual King of the Mountain one had different names <laughs> yeah shot in the dark I'm going to say Eric Young oh and the shot was successful <laughs> ah you're rubbing your hands together in glee there I see that <laughs> number seven we're talking about the older Cruiserweight Championship now who was the last and latest cruiserweight champion? Hornswoggle. Correct. I gave it away with the latest, didn't I? Yeah. Number eight. Three women have held the old cruiserweight championship, either either WWE or WCW. Can you name two of them? Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Medusa. Oh, well done. Fantastic. The other one was Daphne. Ah. I, I didn't know Scooby-Doo Gang had the Cruiser title at some point. <laughs> no, WCW, I wouldn't be surprised if we had, if Shaggy was hardcore champ. <laughs> well, when you put those two words together, I can imagine he was. Yeah. Uh, number 10. I think you'll know this one. Who was the last European champion? That was. I can't say now. I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Hardy. Nope. Oh no! It was the other guy, Tommy Dreamer. It was. Technically, it was. technically, it was RVD because he won that match. But yeah, um, Thomas Jai Dreamer was the answer. Number nine. Now, a wee preface for this one. All this hate and people being putting up sick emojis with the new 24-7 title. You've not seen a horrible title until you've seen this one. Number nine, 10. Who destroyed John Cena's awful, disgusting Spinner US title? I'm going to assume it's this guy because he was the guy that won it. It was... It was Orlando Jordan? Or was it JBL? Because yes. I know they were in the same stable. Uh-huh, it was JBL. Uh. Now, put it into your Google machine, ladies and gentlemen. 
John Cena's spinning US title is horrible. It is. It makes the twenty four seven belt look like the UK titles. So, like, take your selective outrage and turn it sideways. Stick it. <laughs> you know the rest. So let's see how you did. I don't know because I didn't keep score. No. Uh, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Correct. Not bad. I did ask you earlier what is your because I know that you're you're younger than myself, so I wasn't sure how far back your knowledge went. But you did well with the belts, so well done. Yeah. Yeah, better than I expected, so I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Seven out of ten ain't bad, as the famous song says. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, right. Murray, anything you want to plug before we leave? Uh, not much. You can, well, of course, as you know, I write comms for social suplex. Don't know when my next. I'm mainly more in New Japan than... WWE guy currently, and since we're having the best of the Super Juniors, there's not much to write about this month. Month, but you can catch me whenever I write a column. I'll probably say it on my Twitter, which is <clears throat> Mother Forty Four at Murraybone Two Thousand, <laughs> which is usually a handful to, which was a handful apparently for James. So yeah, I heard you. You do know you can change it, don't you? I'm not telling you to, but you can if you want to. The app part. Uh huh. Probably, probably should. Probably should. <laughs> then we'll have the chance. It's just a, a friendly suggestion. Yeah, I'll probably just give it a 2000 part. No one needs to know when I was born to show how young I really am. Oh, I thought that was you showing your love for NWO 2000 or <laughs> uh, Legion of Doom 2000. <laughs> Techno Team 2000. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, right, so you can catch us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter at the anti social media app. We're on, we don't use Facebook anymore, but we do still venture into the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. We are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Please drop us a, a nice fat five star review on the podcast app of your choice where you will have other excellent podcasts such as. One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style. Ourselves, grown men watch this shit. Then, now and forever, NXT style. And all things elite. With AEW going into full gear this weekend, you'll probably want to, if you're not on the All Things Elite podcast bandwagon yet, you want to get there. Um, powerslam.tv gives you 4,000 hours of independent wrestling around the world. Put in social suplex in the promo code and you'll get a free month. I've said this t-shirts thing. I always worry that I've missed something. But if I have, I apologise to all involved and all not involved. Murray, thank you very much for coming on. No problem, uh, a pleasure. Uh, we'll have you on with Mr Ricky at some point. We can have a, a triple threat match. We will finally have the social suplex version of Gallus. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, well done. The only question is, which one of us is Joe Coffey? This is... No. <laughs> that that will be... 
that'll be um, see how all the wrestlers, all the jobbers are scrambling for the twenty four seven title. Us three will be scrambling for the right to be Joe Coffee. Yeah, that's a serious title. No offence to Mark Coffee or Wolfgang, but Jojo, you know what I mean? Yeah, like so Wolfgang's a decent one, but then Mark's just. It's like. Power forward. Yeah. Right, uh, that's us. Thanks very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Next week will be the third instalment of the Ricky and Clive Quiz Time Invitational, so Ricky will make a return. However, it will be from the past. He was travelling in his DeLorean for this one. Uh, and it will be the Lords of Pain guys, Implications, and Sir Sam battling it out to see who is the ultimate Lord of Pain. Uh, then the week after that will be a, a nice wee NXT TakeOver 25 review with a guest who you will know he's been on before, Mags and Bags. I've got him penciled in. We'll see if, he, see if we can confirm that closer to the time. I'm rambling now. I don't know why I'm filling in future instalments when it should be a surprise, just like the wild card rule. Yes. Right, I've said enough. We've said the jokes. Night, night, everyone. Night, night, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.